States Republic. I'm going to talk seven this morning. But I, I just, uh, I just need to be able to what God says this morning. You know, when many, many years ago, I myself just got married to me. We had a little pup called Roxy. A little green pup. But when Roxy was a little puppy, you know, little pug's tail curls like a little pig, you know? And I had this horrible habit of pulling Roxy's tail straight. You know, you pull like a spring, you pull the tail straight, you like curl up again, you pull the tail straight. But the problem is that Roxy learned this habit that every time I pulled the tail, she would chase her tail. And so she ended up, every time I would touch the tail, she would just spend hours running in circles. And so that would be scream and say, stop touching the pug's tail, you know. Then I just tell you, the wheel spins. <coughs> but as I was just worship this morning, God reminded me of that. And I felt like God said, so many of us are just chasing our tails. So it's just like, we're going nowhere slowly, you know. We're just, we're just spinning in circles. And, and the enemy knows exactly what to do with us. He just needs to touch the tail. And we cause ourselves to go into this this flat little spin that life's not going to get better, life's not going to you know, improve, that we're going to walk in, in this tough situation on the tough days that have been constantly. I, a Friday night, I, I every night, I know some, like every night, um, I have a tendency not to sleep much, you know, and um, this is not bother so this is where I am, okay? And um, Friday night, I was just, probably about 2 o'clock in the morning, I was still laying awake and just, just all these thoughts go through it, you know, a couple of us, there's a couple of us related to this, you know. And, and in this moment that I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, oh Lord Jesus, please just let me sleep, you know. This will be really cool if I can fall asleep right now, because I've got four hours and I'm going to have to wake up kind of thing. But in that moment, God reminds me, reminds me of, of Acts 16, of, of Paul and Silas. And, and you guys can just read it there, but Paul and Silas um, were preaching uh, the Word of God. And... The word says there was a there was a young girl that came to them with full of spirits and you know they basically delivered them and the authorities got all upset with Paul and Silas and the word says that they stripped him of their clothes and they beat him, you know, stuck him into prison and uh, you know just stuck them there and the word says and they brought them to the magistrate and said to these people, these men, being Jews exceedingly troubled in our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us being Romans, to receive, observe. Then the multitude rose up together against him, and the magistrate tore off their clothes, and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And they had, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, command, uh, prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such charge, he put them in the inner prison, and fastened them in the stock. But at midnight, all the sides were praying and singing into to God, and the prisoners were listening. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone chained was loose. And the people of the prison walked awoke from his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, suppose the prisoners had fled, Jewy sword and was about to kill himself. And, and I wonder, in that moment of Friday night, God just started speaking to me, God was saying to me, in that, do you really believe that Paul and Silas were excited to worship me? And I can really think about it because you know sometimes we can be so spiritually, we can speak things so spiritually that there's no earthly value to it. And, and I want you, want you to think practically this morning. I want you to think for a second, bear with me, and I know it's not in my sermon, but I want you to bear with me this morning. 
doing because I've thought about it. And I've thought about what it must be like to be beaten. Think about it. I mean, I've got my head, I come and I love the two days. I mean, I don't know if I can take a beating at my age right now. Alright? But they get beaten, they get stuck with their clothes, they get humiliated, they get chucked into prison. And all of a sudden, when they're in prison, they have this choice. We can either take our punishment and sulk and worry about what tomorrow morning is going to bring. Are they going to beat us again? Are they going to kill us? Or in that moment, do we have a choice to praise God and to worship Him? And I want to say to you, I tell you now, it was the thing of, hey Silas, how about some praise and worship? Can we pray? <laughs> I think it must have started like, Jesus, <laughs> your name is I don't think they were, that if you said, I don't think they were bouncing out because this visual pitch in our mind that they were like, oh! I, mean, I think that there was a struggle. There was this real moment where they had to push through what they had just encountered and what they were about to encounter the next morning. And I, in front of us, I just clicked in my spirit where God said, and in every situation, you and I have that choice. That in that moment that we're going through our weakness, in that moment where we're battling with depression, in that moment where we don't know how we're going to play the balls, in that moment where we don't know what's going to happen to our marriage or to our relationship or to our kids or, or whatever, in that moment you and I have a choice. In that moment of beating, in that moment of humiliation, in that moment where you don't feel like worshiping, He calls us to worship. Now, now let's be honest, that when you and I don't feel like worshiping, and we don't feel like praying, 90% of the time we don't. Now, we're all religious this morning. Oh. We're all religious this morning. Oh no, but I don't know what you're talking about. My Mr. Pius Capri is my first thing I go to. Lies! Lies, Ludovicus! You know that the, the problem is as soon as you and I need a problem or situation in our lives, the first thing that you and I do is worry. And the first thing that you and I do is go to the extreme side of the coin. And we think of the worst that's going about to happen. Our first choice isn't prayer. Our first choice isn't worship. I mean, quite recently, we'd rather just go find someone that's going to do the same thing as me. But in that moment, we never choose to worship. It's the last thing on your mind or on my mind. You start, oh well, you know, let's get out of the car right now. You know, I'm going to prison. Oh, I'm in prison. Oh, they're coming to repossess my car tomorrow. Hey, baby, should we do some present worship? <laughs> it's not a natural choice. And we read it like it was a natural thing. And I've had to learn over the last few weeks, the last few months, that my worship to God is a choice. My, my, my time in His presence is a choice. My time in His Word is a choice. And you know what the problem is? That, that every single time I commit to it, and every single time I say, you know, Lord, from tomorrow morning, you and me, man, we're going to read the Word, we're going to get into worship, we're going to get into prayer, and tomorrow morning, the log goes off, poof, snooze, and what does the enemy do? He pulls in that tail and 
we do? And we spin. No, look, Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, you and I. And we don't realize that you've got to start to make things happen in your life. We have become complacent. We have become lethargic. We have become a God in need is a God indeed. You know, we only want to worship Him when things are good. We only want to worship Him when we're in the mountain, but we don't want to worship Him when we're in the prison. And it's easy to worship God in the mountain. It's easy to worship God when things are breaking out. It's easy to worship God when you've got money. And it's easy to worship God when there's no COVID around and your business is doing well. But you see, in this moment, Paul and Silas, I mean, they must have been hurting. Think about it. I was speaking to some guys the other day, I mean, you know, how many of you guys got came in school? How many of you guys got jacked? So they don't know you're over 40 or so. <laughs> Often you know. Because I, I, I sat the other day, I was chatting to someone, I said to them, do you know, we were less than three already. We got came in the principal's office. Like standard three, how was I? Like 11 years old. Can you imagine a guy beating my child now at 11? We're sitting in the principal's office. <laughs> but our kids don't know what this stuff is. They don't know what we're doing. They don't know where we've been. I mean, it's like they'll probably put you in prison if, if you give a child a stick these days. But the, what I'm trying to give you is this, is that we get so caught up in, in, in what was that we never move into what is. And all the sides in their mouth must have felt pain. They must have felt terrible. They must probably hadn't eaten. They probably got given water. They probably, in the inner prison, was the most, it was like the dungeon side of stuff. But in this moment, they decide, you know what? Something has to give. <coughs> Something has to give. You know what I love most about the story is this. Is that the word of God says that as Paul and Silas start to pray and start to worship God at midnight. I love this midnight because it's always the start of a new day. It's like, it's like, like we started to worship, not because of what we received yesterday, but at midnight on inside decided, what happened yesterday is going to stay yesterday. And at 12 o'clock they decide, well, this new day is, something is going to happen. And the word says, in their pain, in their agony, in their strife, in their beating, they start to worship. You know what the great thing about it is, is that not only does their prison doors open, but the word of God says that every prison door opens. Now I'm mentioning this, oh God, I'm nowhere near my service this morning. I'm like, okay, never mind, let's go with this. Okay, let's go with this. Let's go with this. But, but you know what the amazing thing is? Is that it's, as believers, we have become so selfish. It's about me. It's about God's money that He needs to give me. It's about my inheritance. It's about my salvation. It's about my family. It's about my work situation. And, and we forget the fact that the word says that as they worship, not only were they set free, but because of their worship, because of their choice to worship, that every other prison door started to open. Get somebody saying And then we miss this. We miss the fact that there's a calling upon our lives, not just to, to break open things for us, but there's a calling on our lives to break open things for other people. If that what I do with God doesn't only affect me, it affects me and it has to affect everybody around me because that's the calling of God upon my life. 
You know, if God just gave Jesus the anointing and He never touched another person's earth, what would Jesus' Jesus' purpose have been? And yet the Word of God says that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same Spirit that in Christ, that impacted the world around Him, the world around Him, is the same Spirit that is in you and me. And why aren't we impacting the world around us? Why aren't we impacting everything around us? Why? Because you know what happens is we become so complacent because all about me. You know in Acts, in Acts, is Acts 17, they, they describe the disciples, the authorities, say this about the disciples. And I read out the TPD version, it says this. Along the way, they screamed out. Now this is the disciples coming to town, okay? Along the way they screamed out, those troublemakers who have turned the world upside down have come here to our city. That's what the authorities are screaming. Those troublemakers that have turned the world upside down have come to our city. And I don't know about you, but I think that's the calling of God upon our life, is to turn the world upside down and not for the world to turn our lives upside down. You see, we've got to impact the world. The world mustn't impact us. And this is what we don't understand is that you and I get caught up in this little pity party. We get caught up in this thing of, you know, work to me, work to the world. I'm, I'm going to eat worms kind of a thing. But we don't understand that there's an authority and there's a calling and there is an anointing and there's a, uh, on our lives, not just for us, but those around us. For those around us, I think we become so narrow-minded that all we do is we focus on us, 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 and we don't realize that the world is changing around us. <coughs> and yet there's a calling on your life. You were not born by mistake. You're not in this world by mistake. The Word of God actually says that He gave us the very nature of Christ. The very nature of Christ was given to you and I. And what is the nature of Christ in your life? You're about to say to you, what is the nature of Christ in your life? You know, the word says that um, he gave us a divine nature. And the, the, the word divine is theos, the Greek word theos. And I'm just going to touch this quickly. Which, which means what is uniquely God and that which flows from him. That which is uniquely God and flows from him. All right, And the nature speaks about to bring forth. So the word divine nature means to bring forth that which is divinely in Christ that has been given to you and I. Did you get that? The divine nature of God is in you. You see, when we go back to Paul and Silas, I believe that they were so full of the Spirit of God that all they could do was worship. Because the word of God says, from the overflow of the, the mouth speaks. And I've got to ask you this morning, how full of the things of God are you? What is flowing from here? What is flowing from your mouth? Is it worship? Is it praise? Is it thank you, Jesus? Is it thank you for my family? Thank you for my wife? Thank you for the job that I have? Thank you that I've survived? Is there actual gratitude coming in and out of us? Is there a place where you like, in the midst of everything, we just want to worship God? <clears throat> and we've been through this patch where I'm not you, I, even I'm a pastor, there are times where I just wake up and I'm like, I don't feel like church. It's not that I don't feel like church, 
is that I'm just so busy caught up in everything else that I miss what the calling and purpose is for my life. And what happens is I start to sway away from the fullness that God has for me. Why? Because you become busy with stuff. I become busy with concerns. I become busy with work. I become busy with everything else. And I find that the source of who good Sutton really is, is lacking. Why? Because I'm not charging up. I don't charge. Every day, you know, I take this thing, we go plug it into the wall. Every day. Every day. I'm making a point here. Every day. <laughs> and every day, you need to charge. If you think technology is great, think what God has done with you. But if you are not going to charge, guess who's going to run flat? You. You. That little red bar is going to start to show eventually. That little red bar is going to show eventually. And I don't care what phone you got, every phone needs a charge. And you need a charge in life. You need to get to a place where worship is a key to you, that prayer is key to you, that being in church is key to you, that living the life that God has for you is key to you. And we don't get it because you know what it is? We want stuff from God the whole time, but we don't understand that when God speaks about an inheritance in, in Ephesians 1, He speaks that we've inherited, we've inherited, we've got an inheritance for Him. We always speak about stuff because there's a physical world, there's a spiritual world. The problem is that you and I live in the physical world, so it's easier to see the blessings in the physical world than what it is to see in the spiritual world. That thing you did. So for us to see a miracle, or like a contract come away, or someone give us a car, or someone give us a house, what we can see with our physical eye is that, whoo, God is really blessing us. But we forget about the fact that we woke up healthy this morning. Some of us pregnant. Some of us only feel like we're pregnant. But we woke up this morning. We woke up this morning because your number hasn't been picked yet. That God's not ready to take you yet. That you haven't fulfilled your purpose and your plan and your destiny. That you woke up this morning and we take for granted that there's water in our taps. We take for granted that we've got electricity. We take for granted that our beautiful wives are laying next to us. That our kids are okay. We forget about the fact that the sun is shining outside and it's a fantastic day and summer's coming. And I know these things are trivial things, but listen to me carefully, church. If we cannot appreciate the little things that God has given us, how can we appreciate the big things? If we can't see the little treasures, you know, it's easy for us to see the apple tree with the apples on it. But every apple tree and every apple starts with one seed. One seed. That's that big. Everything that that tree needs is in that seed. The DNA, the color of the apple, the size of the apple, the size of the tree, the taste of the apple, what it's going to be used for. Everything is locked up in this little tiny thing called the seed. And everything that you are, and the calling, and the purpose, and the destiny, and the, and the purpose that God has for you, is all locked up in you. But like that seed needs water, so do you need to recharge. 
So that you need to get into the Word of God. So that you need to grow that seed. And you need to water that seed. And even in tough times, even in horrible times, and even in times where you've been beaten, we choose to worship. We choose to worship. We choose to pray. We choose to get into the Word of God. And we choose not to look at the physical things around us, but look at the spiritual blessings that God has in your life and in my life. Why can't we wake up with an attitude of gratitude for a change? Wake up every morning and go, I don't feel well this morning. Guess what? You're not going to feel well. You spoke about your life. I remember when one stage in our lives we closed the book of love. But I remember when kids used to ask us for stuff. And whenever we'd say, we haven't got money right now. It's like we were constantly saying, well, we're poor. And then we need to change our language. And I remember she told myself saying, we had wait, we're not doing the right thing now because I had to come with the kids asking something they're like, no, well, we're poor. <laughs> so they'll go with a poor mentality, a poor mentality, you know? So we had to get to the place and we'd say, well, let us think about it and let's pray about it, let's trust God for the finances. So all of a sudden, the situation changed because we spoke differently. We called something out as if it was, and even if it wasn't happening. Because that's what faith is. Mm. And so what you speak, what you speak, will open the prison doors for you. That what you speak is life and death. That what you speak, the words you speak, will either imprison you, or they will set you free. And you need to understand that, even over your spouse, even over your husband, your wife, your kids, you need to speak life over them constantly. Constantly. Because that is the choice that you've got. And I'm going to say to you that God opened the door for Silas and Paul. God's going to open up the doors for you. But not only for you, that God's going to start to use you to open up the doors for everybody else. It is one thing I've learned in life, in ministry. It is great to be blessed. But I'll tell you something, there's nothing better than being a blessing to someone else. Yeah. I, you know, there's you can't do that. It's great when someone drops off, you know, some wild meat at my house because it freezes full, you know. <laughs> but there's a whole different story when you are able to grab three or four packets and go bless someone else in need. Who doesn't know about it? And this is, this, is, this is the calling of God upon our lives. We walk around in heaviness. We walk around depression. We walk around suicidal. We walk around, you know, like the world's coming to end. And we don't realize that in that moment, the clock is about to clock 12. And you can either look back and go, wow, those guys really beat us today, didn't they, Silence. Or we've got a choice and go, you know what? Yes, my back is sore, but that was yesterday. What I'm gonna do right now is trust God to break free in my life. And as they started to worship, what happens? Boom. Imagine sitting in that prison. Imagine sitting in that prison. Boom, one door opens. Boom, two doors open. Three, four, five, six. And these guys are listening. And they think to themselves, hey, what are these guys crazy? What are they singing hymns for? What are they worshipping for? What's going on in this prison? But the prisoners that were in the prison and the prison guard 
saw the manifestation of their worship. I want to tell you, people around you will see the manifestation of your worship. People will start to see the manifestation of your worship. Worship is not for you. Worship is about Him. It's about everyone else around you. But it's your attitude that needs to change when it comes to the things of God. And I know we haven't touched my sermon this morning, so catch the 10 o'clock service, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But I want us to stand this morning. I want you to close your eyes. <coughs> Even before the service, you know, during worship, Gary came to me and actually just confirmed this word that I was, was preaching here. And I want you for a moment just to focus on, on him this morning. Because I think for many of us, we find ourselves in that prison at the moment. Many of us find ourselves with anxiety and depression. Some people have suicidal thoughts. And people don't know how we're going to make it. You know, what does December look like? Are we getting bonuses? What's happening? And I want to say to you, it's time to raise hallelujah in the presence of your enemy. Man, I know you've been beaten. I know your back is sore. I know you feel like you've been humiliated. I know you feel like you've been stuck in a prison. But I want to tell you, 12 o'clock is coming. There's a new day that is about to start. There is a new day that is about to start in your life. And I want to say this to you this morning, church. I want you to start that new day in worship. I don't want you to start that day looking back at your last six years of your life, or the last 20 years of your marriage, or your last six months that your kids have got up to. I want you to turn this morning. I want you to turn your back on your situation. I want you to turn your back on your worries. I want you to turn your back on that depression. I want you to turn your back on that lethargy. I want you to turn your back on that complacency and the bank manager and the loans. And I want you to turn your back on those things this morning. Oh, I just want you to lift your hands and say, Father, in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this prison sentence, right now when my back is burning so from the beating and my clothes are torn and I'm laying, I choose to worship. I choose to be a worshiper this morning. I choose to worship all way through this situation, through this COVID, through this financial situation, through this problem marriage. I choose to worship you. I need to say this to you in church this morning. If any of you here this morning, if you're battling with anxiety, if you're battling with depression, if you're battling with suicidal thoughts, if you're battling to get out of the season that you're in right now, I want to pray for you this morning. I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to leave the same way you walked in here this morning. And for those that are watching online this morning, and even for you that maybe you're a bit too afraid to come to the front, I want to pray for you this morning. You see, the word of, the word of God says a simple thing. 
and I love that joke because like I said before, we get the last thing we feel like we is praising in this situation. The last thing we feel like is praising when things are going wrong. But the word of God says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I want to pray for you this morning. That in the name of Jesus, I ask Holy Spirit of God that you would come. And that you would remove the spirit of heaviness over every person this morning in the name of Jesus. And I pray Holy Spirit you give them the robe of praise this morning. That you give them the robe of praise this morning. That doesn't matter what they face this week. They speak Jesus. They speak Jesus. And I pray that as they speak Jesus, that every prison door will be opened in their lives. That prison doors in other people's lives will be opened. That even, Father, those that have mocked them, those that have laughed at them, those that have accused them, those that have pointed fingers at them, would see the change and the freedom that is coming away. And I speak life over you this morning. I speak more than enough. I speak the blessing of God upon you. I speak the blessing of God upon your family. I speak the blessing of God upon your business, upon your church life, upon your home life, upon your married life. I speak the blessings of God. I speak senior you more than you can ever imagine of your life. I break every yoke of bondage over your life right now. Every struggle I tear down in the name of Jesus that I declare you free. Because the word of God says, who the Son says free, is free indeed. He's free indeed. And I want you to come back to church next week. Fire it up.